Hey, family, it's Coach. I want to officially welcome you all to another live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing exceptional on this Tuesday, Election Tuesday. Hope you all um, continue to flow in the peace of God. Hope you all stay focused on what God has called you to and not get caught up in, in distractions. But with that being said, I want to welcome all those who's watching me um, for the very first time and for those who's been watching for many times. I want to say thank you all so much for your support, so much for your uh, clicking of the button. And if you've been watching for the, if you if this is your first time watching and you like, yo, I like this guy's vibe, man, consider subscribing. I would love to have you be a part of my online community as I help you grow holistically for God's optimal use and help you make sense of your life. And so as uh, everyone's coming in live, let me know what city, what state, what country you're watching from um, and get your questions ready. I have about 15 minutes or so. I have to take my nephew um, to practice. And so I, I look to serve you all. So I'm going to go into the chat box real quick and see who is here. Uh, what's going on, Lenita? What's going on? And for those who, um, uh, I don't have no other announcements. I'll just wait till some live Q&A people come in. Hope y'all are well. Um, and all that good stuff. Brooklyn in the house. Exandria Music. What's up, family? Good to see you. Divine 15 says, hey, coach, is it better to pray out loud or write your prayers on a sheet of paper and put it into a jar? Um, prayer is a conversation. Um, treat prayer as if you was communicating with the person side by side. So what I'm saying is prayer is not as deep as many people make it. It's just communication with God. Um, so uh, but in order to um, bring some uh, fundamental um, um, principles in, in this conversation, um, but it is good to talk to God. It's good to pray out loud. Um, praying out loud is beneficial because you're able to hear what you're saying. You're able to uh, uh, vent how you feel. And you're able to communicate with God. And the Bible says with every prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be able to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So you have to understand how God operates. That's what makes prayer more um, um, valuable to you. Because if you don't know who God is and how God operates, you're just going to be praying amiss. And the Bible says those who pray like this pray amiss to consume of their own lust. And so praying out loud is beneficial. I don't know. I, I have never heard of the prayer and, and put it in this jar. I'm not sure about that. I never utilized that technique. Um, but I think there's nothing wrong with praying out loud. Nothing wrong with praying in your heart, praying in your mind. Um, um, God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. So either way, how you pray quietly or or loudly, God is present, helping in a time of trouble. He is close to you and is very invested in your life. Great question, Divine 15. Melissa Davis says, can you do a Christian version of Married at First Sight? Uh, I I'm, I don't watch it. Listen, if you if you if you was in our house, you will see that we rarely watch any TV. Oh, you talking about if we can. Oh, no, what? A married at first sight. I don't know what you mean. What you saying, Melissa? Let me scroll down, and see what you're talking. But I don't watch the show. I don't know too much about it. I mean, I know a little bit about it for sure. When BD and I did the uh, Good Guys podcast, I know a little bit about it. Um, but uh, I'm not. I'm, man, listen. If, if I ain't with family, I'm doing ministry. If I ain't doing ministry, I'm, I'm at basketball practice. If I ain't at basketball practice, I'm sleep. If I ain't sleep, I'm eating. If I ain't eating, I'm definitely in that word. But if you talk about me and my wife doing something like that, you know, I'm not sure. I have to talk to her about that. I'm joking. I'm not sure. But uh, no problem. Thank you for your comment, though. And I'll keep looking to see what you meant by that. <clears throat> Universal Discipline says, hey, coach, what's a good way to be free from sexual sin? I want to be with God and love only him, but I'm still really struggling. Thanks again. Um, Great question, fam. Uh, let's look at the layers of your question. What's a good way to be free from sexual sin? The only way is through Christ. Simple as that. That must be the foundation. Um, You don't want to be saved 
no, no, don't get me wrong. You want to be saved from sexual sin, but you also got to allow Christ to be Lord of your life. You got to relinquish your life to him. You got to, you got to say, Lord, I make you Lord of my life. <clears throat> what Lordship means is that you're relinquishing all control of your life and you're giving over to God and trusting him through his spirit to regenerate you, sanctify you and put you in a place where you are operating at a high level through his spirit. And so he is the way he's the only way um, for for deliverance. And what I mean, he's the he's the way and the rest is the truth and the truth will then produce life. He is all those three things. Right. But practically, um, let's read the second part. I want to be with God and love only him. That's a great that's a great place to start. The real question is you got to ask yourself is what what sold me into slavery? Uh, what contributed to your slavery is your sin nature. That's what contributed to it. But there are some things that kind of really introduced you <clears throat> to whatever sexual sin that you're facing in a deeper way. And the Holy Spirit uh, uh, will lead you to that conception, that thing that walked you into this, that thing that opened the door for that. And usually, typically, sexual sin enters um, enters in into people's lives through a myriad of different ways. And into it, into, um, it uh, 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 invades a person's life through um, idleness. It invades a person's life through abuse. It invades people's life through rejection. It invades people's life through abandonment. It invades people's lives through uh, need for acceptance. A lot of ways that sexual sin come in. So you got to find the root reason. And the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to a person or a thing or even yourself that you must forgive and that you must cast that cure over to God. And then from that, because the word of God says the will of God is your sanctification. And as you grow and, and go deep in the sanctification work of Christ and you begin to walk with him and you begin to really find meaning in life and find the purpose of sex and the purpose <clears throat> of those things within context, then you will begin to see how valuable and how much of a blessing walking in, in the way of God and in purity it is, right? Um, but you says, I want to be with God and I love him only, but I'm still really struggling. You have to get to the root of why you're struggling and you have to surround yourself with systems. You got to find the source of your struggle. You got to relinquish that over to the savior. And then you got to surround yourself with support, supportive systems that will aid you in the sanctification process. Supportive system could be having locks on your phone. If it's pornography, make sure that your computer download the covenant eyes or download other apps that you may find. Um, where it will send an email out to keep you accountable. Um, I asked the Holy Spirit to, to bring a bring a person that can hold you accountable, someone that you can really um, convince to. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. There's, there's freedom in confession. Closed mouths can't be delivered. And so when you're able to confess a sin, then that person now can help you win through accountability. The spirit in you and the accountability he surrounds you with will then help you win in that area. But if you don't say anything about it and you're not seeking the root issue of it and, and, and you're just kind of going with the flow because you can't defeat the devil through discipline. I mean, through the desire, you defeat him through discipline. And what I mean by that is discipline that boils from your dependency and your devotion to God. When your devotion to God, your devotion to God deepens when you are made aware that you are nothing without him. And when you are aware that you are nothing without him, it deepens your dependence on him and your dependence increased devotion. And devotion leads you to be um, a disciple and the disciple is one who's disciplined. And then you begin to see these things missing in your life. That's the broad spectrum of that. Um, but but Christ must be Lord. Simple as that. He must be Lord of your life. Um, he just you don't want to be saved from it. You want to be. No, don't get me wrong. You want to be saved from it. But you must be allowed <clears throat> Jesus to be Lord of your life. 
And, and lordship means, Holy Spirit, here's my life, man. Show me where I'm failing. Show me where I'm dwelling. You know what I'm saying? And help me to prevail. Help me help bring, because the truth will set you free. Hope that helps, man. I hope that gave you something. I've done some other videos on that topic. So if you keep going, if you just type in sex or or lust or anything on YouTube with my name, Joshua, I have plenty of other videos that, I, that I've done on that topic that I think will help you systematically overcome that issue, my friend. Great questions. Thank y'all for trusting me with that. Zandre Music, what's up, fam? <clears throat> How do you stay in repentance when no accountability is available? Great question. Follow up with that. Well, repentance by definition is a turn away. Um, is to be made aware of the way so that you can turn away. Repentance is also confessing of sin because when you made aware, now you repent of it. Now you open yourself up for your mind to be renewed. It's hard for a mind to be renewed without awareness. Now, now when I talk about awareness, I'm not talking about information. I'm talking about revelation. Hear me closely. No one is changed by information. If so, every one of us would be in shape. Because every one of us are fully aware that certain foods are not good for us. Some of us are aware that certain lifestyles are just not beneficial. But it's when it has become revelation that one change, right? <clears throat> so awareness is what the Holy Spirit brings. He'll bring you to a place of truth. He'll make you aware and through revelation show you that the revealedness of Christ is the only hope. For you to be saved, right? So when there's no accountability, you have that accountability through your Holy Spirit. The word of God is active, it's sharp, it, it, it convicts, it, it 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 reveals, it it deals, it heals. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and so you don't wait till there's an accountability part to be held accountable. The word of God is an accountability tool, the spirit of God is an accountability resource. So, what you mean by staying in repentance, you mean staying in the way that leads to righteous living. Um, the, for your mind to be renewed, how you do that is the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And the word of God talks about in a myriad of ways about how uh, um, the way, what the wages of sin is, what what uh, what a person who sets their minds on the flesh, what happens in their life versus one who set their mind on the spirit. <clears throat> so what I would do is I would go to Google's and I would find scriptures on 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 repentance, uh, um, scriptures on sanctification, scriptures on salvation, and the Holy Spirit will lead you through the text and what and what you should do next, uh, uh, so that you won't be vexed. Okay, so how do you stay in repentance? Um, um, it's a day to day thing, it's a moment by moment thing. Um, it's as it it is it, birthed from fellowship, it's birthed from uh, um, um, intimacy with God. Um, 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 desiring of truth, being hunger after God's righteousness, uh, removing all unnecessary voices and things that are uh, influences in your life that may try to affect your flow with him. Um, but um, like I said to the gentleman up there, accountability is a great asset, but the Holy Spirit will bring that accountability. But don't wait for accountability to be held accountable. Utilize the word of God. Utilize your access by Christ gave you to the Father through prayer and, and approach the throne boldly. Um, ask for help. He's a present help in a time of trouble. A trouble, a trouble. That's a trouble. Yeah. And, and allow the Holy Spirit leading God in your own truth. And then the Holy Spirit in time will surround you with someone, a brother that would be able to hold you, my friend. Great question. Naomi says, hello, Coach Azzy, sending greetings from Florida. Thank you for, for, uh, for your greetings. I really appreciate it. What's up, fam? Uh-oh. Here we go. My carnal desire is winning. Um, <clears throat> whatever you feed leads. Whatever you feed leads. So you got to look in the refrigerator. You got to look at the plate that's in front of you spiritually, emotionally, physically, 
etc. And ask yourself, what am I feeding every day? Because whatever nature you feed will lead. If you feed your renewed nature, your renewed nature will remain dominant. But if you try to build an appetite for a nature that you are dead to in Christ, then you will find yourself, you're free, but you'll find yourself self uh, meddling in, in things that you shouldn't be meddling in. So what, what, are, what are you feeding? Are you feeding your carnal side more? Or are you feeding the old self or are you feeding the new self? Simple as that, family. Lenita says, what practical steps to take when your young son seems to be drawn to culture and music, but you're bringing them up in a Christian home? Great question. Um, are you are you a single mom? Um, if you're a single mom, then um, then it depends on that middle. Oh, middle son, teenagers is becoming a little defiant and troublesome. Um, kids are troublesome when they don't know who they are. Um, kids are troublesome when they're looking for attention. And so I, I, I would ask you, or I need for you to ask yourself, uh, um, is, is, is he receiving what he needs from me at this juncture of life? Um, because usually when kids act out and become defiant and troublesome, one or two things is going on. The rod has been spared, either the rod has been spared or the attention is, is, is rare. Right. And so if, He's troublesome because he's looking for attention. He's looking to be loved. And especially if there's no man involved, um, no matter, not no matter, but typically at that age, kids are are yearning for that male um, testosterone, that male closeness, that male um, support and affirmation. And what you can do if you are a single mom or the father's not doing his part is, is to make the child aware of his heavenly father. And, and and teaching him about the fear of God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Um, if The reason why he's doing certain things and the reason why some of us do certain things is because the fear of God is not, com- is not completely uh, we uh, accepted. We know so much about the love of God and it's by tactics. This is a tactic. The devil loves for you to know the love of God, but doesn't want you to know the fear of God because it's easy to be imbalanced when you know one side. But when you begin to understand the love of God in context with the fear of God, then you become a balanced believer. And so we've talked for years about the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. And that's great. But we have to couple with that the fear of God It is not the love of God. The Bible is explicit. The the Bible doesn't say it's the love of God. That's the beginning of all wisdom. It began the salvation process. But it says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom because God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. Omnipresence means he's everywhere. So he sees everything. Omniscient means he knows everything, even our innermost thoughts and contemplations. And he's omnipotent means all powerful. All powerful does just mean he's the ultimate judge and put you in hell. Omnipotence means that he's powerful enough to deliver. He's powerful enough to save. He's powerful enough to make your enemies to be at peace with you. He's all powerful and, 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 and executes power in any way he sees fit. So you have to ask yourself, uh, or I would seek the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what are some, uh, 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 what Bible study can I put my son through? A good thing that you could put your son through is maybe reading Proverbs with him daily or go through James. James is a good short book that you can go verse by verse with. I did a video, man, my first, man, years ago, 2013, I did a whole series on the book of James. That video is old, but it's gold. Um, um, so, but I will take him through the book of James, maybe get you a nice study Bible where you can sit with him 
and, and maybe start with, I forgot the scripture, Proverbs about the fear of God and what that means and what that entails, and then train him up in the way that he should go. Um, so ask yourself, has the rod been made spare? And is my attention towards him rare? And 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 um, and what can I dare to do with the word of God to systematically teach my son the things of God and who he is and how he should fear him and reverence him? Because um, um, what you do will will produce consequences and maybe add some rod to that. <laughs> I'm saying, hope that help. Uh, it's a TV show where they use experts to arrange. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I've heard about it, but I'm, man, I don't got time. No offense. I'm not saying not to have time, but I just we don't even have cable. <laughs> so, yeah, we, life's pretty full now. But but yeah, I heard about the show and all that. Winford, uh, uh, Winford, I stay there. I don't want to mess you up. I just feel out of connection with God. Could, could say anything. What should I do? OK, I got time. For maybe two more. And I got to get out of here. Uh, I feel just out of connection with God. Uh, would say anything, what should I do? I don't understand your question, family. Let me see if you wrote anything else to, to clarify. That's right. Whatever you feed leads. Oh, I shouldn't have clicked on it because now I lost my friend's question. I just feel out of connection with God. Okay, I'll start with that. I feel out of connection with God. What should I do? Um, Trust the payment. I give the analogy all the time about Verizon or about T-Mobile or whatever uh, phone service you have. Um, when a payment hasn't been paid, right, the cell phone loses connection to the network. Now, just because the cell phone loses connection doesn't mean the network's not there. It just means there hasn't been a payment paid. Oftentimes, we lose connection with God when we try to pay our way through life, when we try to do things on our own without him, when we try to do things without acknowledging. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to understand, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. So, Paths become crooked when we don't acknowledge the, the one who knows um, how to make crooked paths straight, right? So we oftentimes lose connection by um, because we unplugged ourselves out of him as our source and plugged ourselves into something else. Or we unplugged ourselves out of him being our joy and plugging ourselves into something else that we have made our joy. So only you know that. <clears throat> so what I would do is, is ask yourself, what did I, when did I disconnect myself from God? What choices contributed me to be disconnected from him? And what have I chose to connect myself as my source of provision and my source of joy? Those two things will let you know where you have lost connection. Now, what do you do is you got to look up the word of God and what the word of God says in regards to provision as God is our provider and God being our joy. When you study those two, um, understanding the word of God, then you begin to see the reality of the consequences of Nahum, of not trusting to be your source and not trusting to be your joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. If he's not your joy and this man is your joy, this girl's your joy, this job's your joy, then when that thing is not jovial and that thing is not uh, 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 giving you what you think, you plummet. So you have to study what it means for God being your source and God being your joy and then reconnect back into him through discipline. See, connections are sustained by the discipline of the cord, by the discipline of the individual. You can desire to be connected to God all day, but you can, I can desire to love my wife, but it's discipline that proves my love. I can desire. Oh, there's a lot of men, a lot of women who cheat on their husband and wife. They desire their wife. They desire, but they're, they, they, not, they don't have the disciplines. And so <clears throat> I would just kind of audit those different things and see where you at. Queen M's my last question. I got to go, y'all. Get my nephew to practice. I get scared sometimes 
when I think of eternity? Sometimes I also feel like I'm not doing enough for him. Why do I feel these things even though I'm saved? Great question. Um, it's like when you was a kid, you know, uh, um, um, interactions with parents, interactions with their absence, et cetera. You get nervous when the lights are off. You, there's certain phobias <clears throat> and certain issues that arise as you arise in your and your walk with God and as you arise and maturity with him. So eternity is one of those things that you have to kind of um, really process now uh, because eternity is, is forever, right? There's two things that's imperishable, the word of God and the human soul. The Bible says the earth, earth heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. Every jot and tittle will still be established. The word of God will not fade away. It will not pass away. And what else will never pass away is the human soul, right? And so the question that everyone must ask themselves is where will they spend eternity? And after that question, what is the way to eternity, eternal life? Where as versus eternal death? Um, if there's a heaven and hell, which there is, uh, which which is the way to life and which is way to destruction, right? So I get scared sometimes when I think of eternity. You have to ask yourself, why are you scared? Um, the Bible says, ask from the body is present with the Lord. The reason why we're oftentimes afraid of forever, because all we know is now. The reason why we are afraid of eternity is because there's a lack of intimacy. Intimacy uh, builds anticipation. Intimacy builds an excitement because one day I get to see the lover of my soul. One day I get to see the one that saved my soul. And when there's no devotion to God on this end and the bulk of your time is consumed with the, the present life, then, then you will lose sight of what life really is. The Bible says, love not the world, neither things are in the world. If any man or woman loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And none of these things are the love of God. These things will pass away. So you got to ask yourself, what do you love more? Because if you love this world more here, then you're going to want to be stuck here and you will be afraid of eternity because you're afraid, not of eternity, of how long it is, but you're afraid of, of, of seeing your maker. And, and so since you are saved, you have to ask yourself, um, um, am I ready to chew through these truths? Am I ready to digest these principles? Am I ready for the reality that will come to every person? If the Lord tarries for another 200 years, all of us will be dead in the flesh, but we'll be forever somewhere. Um, also, second part of the question, she says, sometimes I also feel like I'm not doing enough for him. Rest in his enough, and then you'll get stuff done. You just rest in his enough. Uh, work from his enough. Because when you start getting into works righteous, you'll be like, well, I, I got to do in order for him to do. Or I got to do in order for him to love. That's not how it works. Oh, let me see who's calling me. Oh, Miss Riley. Yes, ma'am. All right, I'm back. So what you have to understand is, is that where I'm at, you will never do enough. But when you rest in his enough, you'll get stuff done, my friend. Got to go, y'all. Hope y'all was blessed by this. Um, let me see what else I have here. Uh, books, Purpose of Singleness, a great book for the singles out there. Uh, what are, oh, where are the books at? My newest book, uh, Counterfeiter Counterparts, now available. Um, and I have other books as well. Um, dating prep, good book there. The Purpose of Freedom. Um, a lot of great books on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Um, books, resources, tools, opportunities for you to give and support what I do. 
uh, um, resources all everywhere. I hope they are a blessing to you. Um, I love y'all. I'm gonna see what else I have. I think that's it. Um, also check out my new web, my new uh, YouTube channel, The Azzy Life. My wife and I just did our first vlog, Breakfast with the Azzies. Check it out. A little snippet of what we plan on doing going forward. Um, check it out again at The Azzy Life. I think that's it. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.